Hey everyone, husband here. And I'm wife. If you've been listening to us, then you know we're all about reading the Bible and reacting to it on our first read-through. Cuss words, crying, laughing, and more. We're passionate about creating a podcast that takes the sanctity out of the sacred text and simply stating it as we see it. But we can't do it without your help. We're asking for your support to help us keep this podcast going. There are two ways you can donate. Text SACDIS, that's S-A-C-D-I-S, to 53. 555 if you're in the U.S. with a one-time donation. Any amount helps. Or if you'd rather start a sustaining membership, sign up on our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash sacrilegious discourse. Membership levels start as low as $2 a month. We are amazed and grateful for our fans that support us now, and you can become one too. With your support, we can keep sacrilegious discourse alive and well for years to come. So please donate today. Text SACDIS to 53555 if you're in the U.S. Or sign up for our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash sacrilegious discourse. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Welcome to Sacrilegious Discourse. I'm husband. And I'm wife. Together we're reading the Bible for the very first time. We grew up without religion and wanted to know what all the fuss was about. Well, what have we learned so far? That God is a dick, and apparently some people believe in talking donkeys? We're not trying to pass ourselves off as experts. Nope, we're just reading the Bible for the first time and giving our first take reaction. If you'd like to join us in this venture, you might consider starting at episode one. Otherwise, jump in wherever you like. All right, let's go read the Bible. Yeah, let's get to it. Husband! Wife! Do you know what today is? Uh, It's late. It is late. On a Sunday. On a Sunday. And we're doing something to do with a book. It's Sacrilegious Book Club. Yeah, that's the one. We haven't done this in a little while, feels like. I know, it's been a minute. Yeah. Yeah, I had to like page through and be like, where am I? What's happening? Well, for anybody that just tunes in for our book club, which I don't know that there'd be a lot. But maybe there are. You never know. I don't know. Right, right. But if you just tune in for the book club, we're sorry. It's gone more 
It's it's bi-weekly now. It's bi-weekly now. So here we are. We're on our bi-weekly Because we wanted to um, better schedule in our Patreon episodes. Um, So we're doing those on our off weeks. Yeah. Yeah. And if you wanted some extra episodes from us, then go over and sign up on Patreon. Yeah, stupid. Because, you know, (laughs) we're having fun over there. It is fun. All right. So um, the book that we are reading is a treasury of Jewish folklore. Awesome. And the subtitle is this long thing when we get to it. Stories, traditions, legends, humor, wisdom, and folk songs of the Jewish people. Awesome. And this book is edited by Nathan Osubel. Okay. Okay? Yeah. And today we are getting into some wise judges. Wise judges, huh? Yeah. As opposed to the dumb judges? Oh, stop. Just stop. As opposed to judges appointed by Trump? I mean, yeah. (laughs) Definitely. All right. uh, So let's go do this. Let's go do this. All right. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Okay. So just to catch you up since it has been a hot minute, um... We started reading A Treasury of Jewish Folklore, and it's broken up into several sections, and from there into further subsections. Okay. Section one, well, part one was Jewish Salt. We finished that one. Got it. Okay? Yeah. Part two is where we're at right now, Heroes. Okay. Okay? And um, chapter one was Wise Men, under which fell the sections Wise and Learned Men. Got it. Parables, The Ancient Art of Reasoning. And today we are at Wise Judges. Wise Judges. Okay. Yeah. So Wise Judges starts on page 76 of this book. Okay. Okay. Yep. And here are the notes that I took from that intro because there is an intro. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, One thing the editor says is, if it was important to have wise teachers and scholars as an indispensable social necessity, it was no less desirable to have Wise and incorruptible judges. Got it. Which I second yeah, that motion. I, right. I mean that that could Be go for today. today. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he says judges are often depicted as scrupulously honest men who have both the will and the courage to cut through the underbrush of deceit and legal technicalities in order to discover the truth and to dispense justice. I wish I still felt that way. Same. Like I wish that was the way. It felt today. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It doesn't feel that way I think, oftentimes. I think that's the way we're supposed to view judges. Right. That's, and that's, that's the, the way... idealistic view of what a right. judge should be. Right. Yes. 
Um, the final thing that I recorded him as saying is, according to the Jewish view, a corrupt a corrupt judge cannot be a wise judge. Well, there you go. And there just, it is. Just be like, if I'm ever in court again and it's a corrupt judge, I'll be like, you, sir, are not wise. You are not wise. <laughs> I mean, definitely that would go for the Supreme Court justices that we have today. Right, right. Um, at least the extremely conservative ones with an agenda that they don't even bother pretending yeah. to hide. Right, right. Um, a note that I took was consider King Solomon. And then instantly um, I saw how wise I was in making that observation because the first two stories are about King Solomon. The wisest man ever. <laughs> so wise. So... <laughs> yeah. I mean, just remember, like, his judgment of, you know, he forced the two women to split the baby in half in right, order to right. determine who was the true mother. Yeah. Right? Yep. That's the kind of wisdom that these um, old-fashioned folk are going for here. The... I mean, while it was somewhat wise, what if they were both, like, even the real mother, what if she was just petty? Right. You or know? not able to... See past the moment, you know? Right. And, and I mean, I've been there. Right. You know? Yeah. Who hasn't, right? Right, exactly. So, I mean, it. he might have just, if things had gone badly, he might have just have ended up splitting the goddamn kid in half. <laughs> I mean, it, it's a good uh, parable. It's not good in practice. Right. But it was effective in showing that whole cutting through the bullshit sure. that they, you know, alluded to yes, here. Yes, yes, yes. So, the first story is called The Old Man and the Snake and the Judgment of Solomon. Okay. Okay. Yep. And I'm going to read this because it's... Pretty good. Okay. Okay? Yep. It came to pass in the time of King David, when his son Solomon was still a young lad, that an old man, walking along the road in wintertime, found a half-frozen snake in the road. Half-frozen. Half. I mean, he was okay. half-frozen. Yeah. It's almost dead. Right. The old man, bethinking himself of the command to take pity on all creatures, put the snake into his bosom to warm it. Well, that was nice. Right? He's yeah. a nice guy. Right. No sooner did the snake recover... Then it coiled itself around the man's body and Son squeezed him so bitch. hard that he nearly died. Damn. Yeah. And the old man said to the snake, why do you harm me and try to kill me when I saved your life? If right. not for me, you would have frozen to fucking death. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Continuing, the old man said, let us go before the court that they may decide whether you are treating me justly. <laughs> now, this is a parable no, story. I know, I know. In which um, it it's supposed to be... Um, that Solomon was so great and wise that he spoke the language of the animals. Okay. Like, that's something that I, I read in in these stories. I would, I would categorize that under crazy, not not uh, wise. But he, he spoke the language of the animals right. in, in this, so it, it makes sense. The story is in keeping. I got it. I okay? got it. Yeah. So the snake replied to the old man, Yep. I am willing to do so, but to whom shall we go? Mm. The old man replied, to the very first thing we meet. So they walked together, and first they met an ox. The old man said to the ox, stand still and judge between us. And he related to him how he had saved the snake from death, and now the snake was doing all in its power to kill him. Because mm. okay. it, remember, it's still coiled around his body. Yeah, right. Okay? Yep. The snake replied, I am acting properly, for it is written in Holy Scripture, I will put enmity between the man and the snake. And mm -hmm. that's from Genesis chapter 3, that verse is true. 15. That is right? True. So yeah. he's just doing what the Bible told him right. to do. I mean, good on him. Yeah. You know? Can't help he's, his nature. He's listening to the God, God's word. Yeah. He's yeah. like, fuck it, this is my job. 
And the ox replied, the snake is right in doing you harm, though you have treated it kindly, for such is the way of the world that if one does good to another, he returns evil for good. My old own master does the same. I work all day long in the field and benefit him a great deal. And yet in the evening he eats the best, and to me he gives a little oats and straw. My master lies in a bed, and I must lie in the open yard on straw where the rain comes down upon me. Mm. This is the way of the world, and therefore the snake is right in wishing to kill you, although you have saved its life. Mm. Yeah. Okay? okay. The old man was very much hurt by these words. Further on, they met an ass. Mm. Addressing the ass, they said the same to it as they had said to the ox. Right. And the ass replied in the same manner as the ox had done. Okay. So the animal kingdom is all on board with the snake. They're I like, mean, dude, you're right. They're like, for better or for worse, I mean, you brought it on yourself. Yeah. Because he's snakes, just, you know. Sna- it, it's in the snake's nature to be an ass. Right. And, <laughs> you know, a snake gonna snake. What right. you gonna do? Yeah. Then the old man came before King David and complained of the snake. King David replied, the snake is right. Why did you not carry out the word of the scripture which says, I will put enmity between you and the snake? It sounds like we have a consensus here. Why do they keep asking? Therefore, I cannot help you, David continued. You did wrong in warming the snake. You should have let it die, for the snake is our enemy. Got it, yeah. The old man left the king with tears in his eyes, Mm. and as he walked on, he met young Solomon in the field near a well. Okay. He had dropped a stick into the well and was ordering the servants who were there with him to dig deeper below the source of the well so that the water should run into the well and fill it and thus carry the stick up so that he could reach it. What a, I mean, that's a privileged (laughs) ass little, you know. Dig. Dig right? for me. Get my stick for me. Do the digging that I may have my stick. <laughs> but when the old man saw this, he said to himself, he must be a clever lad. I will put my case before him and maybe he can protect me from the snake. The snake still has not killed this guy. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. And he told him the story of what had befallen him with the snake. Solomon okay. replied, have you not been before my father? And the old man said, yes, I have been there. But he said he could not help me. Got and it. Solomon said, let us go to him again. So they went together again before King David. And the old man had a stick in his hand upon which he leaned. When they appeared before King David, Solomon said, why do you not deliver judgment between this man and the snake? And King David replied, I have no judgment to declare. It serves him right. Why did he not keep what is written in the Torah? Then right. Solomon said, Dear father, give me leave to pronounce judgment between the two. Mm. King David replied, Dear son, if you think you can do so, go ahead without hesitation. Okay. Then young Solomon, turning to the snake, said, Why do you do evil to a man who has done you no good? And the snake replied, No no good. Oh, I'm sorry, who has done you good. Oh, okay. I was thinking who has done you no harm, and then the word was good. Sorry. He has done you good. And the snake replied, the Lord, blessed be he, has commanded me to bite the heel of the man. Then Solomon said, do you desire to observe the Torah and what is written therein? And the snake replied, yes, most willingly. Then Solomon said, if you desire to do what is written in the Torah, then release the man and stand on the ground beside him. For it says in the law that the two men who have had quarrel with one another must stand before the judge. And that's from Deuteronomy chapter 19, verse 17. Okay. Therefore, you must also stand alongside of him. But it does say men. 
I'm just saying. The snake replied, I'm satisfied to do so. Okay. Because he right. knows he's in the right. He sure. read the Bible. I mean, they're already talking, so okay. And uncoiling itself from the man, he stood next to him. Then Solomon said to the old man, Now do to the snake as it is written in the law, for it is written in the Torah that you should crush the snake's head. Um, That's from chap- from Genesis chapter 3, verse 15. Therefore do as is written in the Torah, for the snake has promised to accept the judgment of the law. The good old man had a stick in his hand, which he used in walking, for he was a very old man. So he lifted the stick and smote the snake on the head and killed it. What the fuck? And so the clever Solomon saved the old man from the snake through his great wisdom. Therefore, Um, no one should do good to a wicked creature as the old man did. Wow. Right? That's kind of shitty, actually. Like Um, The snake was just being a snake, man. Well, what I wrote down was malicious compliance, though. Right. Because um, obviously the right answer was the old man did a good thing. That's why he kept asking people. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And evil kept doing evil despite that. And people kept telling him, no, evil gonna evil. So Solomon was basically like, all right, so we got to come at this another way. So he was like, fine, you want to quote the fucking Bible? Malicious compliance, motherfucker. Right. We gonna crush you then. Right. Right. So. Okay. All right. I mean, it, it, I don't sure. think I don't necessarily think that was the moral I was supposed to take, since at the very end of the story it says, you know, do no good to a wicked creature. Right. I don't think that that is right, the that's correct not moral. A good answer. That right. wasn't the moral of that whole story. The moral right. of the story is malicious compliance when it's called for. Sure. Because evil going to evil. There's always a loophole, right? Yeah. <laughs> but evil going to evil should never stop you from doing right in the first place. Right. You know? Yeah. That's like, if I see my ex, I might well, think I twice before I save him from, you know, a, a fire. But what? the correct thing to do is to save him from the fire. Right. Just because he's evil, that should not stop me from doing what's good and right. Well, I take issue with the word evil. Just, okay. just to be fair. Okay. Like, I don't really believe in evil and not evil. Like, I don't think okay. that there is good and evil per se. Okay. There is blurred lines and there are evil deeds and there are sure. evil actions, but there are not necessarily evil people evil or evil pe- things. But there are evil acts? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Definitely. I mean, insofar as the word, you know, brings about... The sense of what that means. I'm my man. Bleh. What? Brain, brain, <laughs> brain not working. I mean, okay. So I think we both agree that the snake wasn't evil. It was just doing what snakes do. Yeah. So right? therefore, it's not an evil act. Right. It's not even an evil snake. Right. But so the problem, I guess my issue is this, is that people who are religious like to point out that there is good and evil, right. black and white. Right. And it's not, that is not the case. There are nuanced things all the way from good to evil. You well, know? that's and why I kind of liked the story because it was kind of nuanced. Like, right, was right. the snake evil? No. Was it doing an evil thing? Well, I mean, well, not that's, really. That's, I mean, that's why I had to step back for a minute. I don't yeah. want to, I don't want to call the snake evil. I don't want to call the guy good. I don't want to say either way. I mean, you know? I like, think that he did a good thing by trying right. to, you know, all God's creatures, great and small, right? Sure, Do sure. no harm unto others. Right, right. 
But he also, being a human and knowing snakes, would have known that the snake has the possibility of being dangerous. But then now he's trying to... He, he in, in the end, the snake got killed for being a snake, and the snake was willing to walk along this thing to be judged, and finally they tricked him into being judged and smashed in. Okay, but they were presenting the judge, or they were presenting the snake as someone who can be reasoned with. Right, right. So the snake was having it both ways. In in one sense, he was like, I'm just a snake, yo. Right? I yeah. can't help my nature. Right. And then in the other hand, he's like, but I'm totally a reasonable man who can stand beside you for fair judgment. Yeah, yeah. So your story, like your take on the story, it depends on whether you are referring to a snake and that's just his nature or someone who can actually be reasoned with and was hiding behind, you know, right. I'm just a snake doing what snakes do, man. Yeah, that's true. So I don't know. I kind of feel like. It was an interesting story, regardless. Yeah, no. it, it gave me a lot of thought because I was like, I don't think you did. I, I like the story. It was a good story. Yeah. I don't think they did the right moral at the end. Right, right. And I still say malicious compliance in order to defeat evil. Whether you believe in evil or not, this story was trying to present evil. Right. And sometimes you have a shitty situation with a shitty boss, for example. Yeah. You know? And... Like, I keep reading all these Reddit things. I love the, the Reddit category, whatever, subreddit, whatever. I don't know all the words, vocabulary. <laughs> um, but the one, there is one called malicious uh, compliance. And it's the one where um, bosses, particularly either in HR or finance officers, yeah, are, like, trying to save the penny. And so they cut back on things like um, employees... Being able to clock in or particularly the one I see a lot is um, Europeans um, being given, um, uh, what are they called? Like company cars. Mm -hmm. And these finance officers and HR reps and stuff are saying, you know, oh, you guys are spending too much money on this. So then the employees come back. Oh, you think we're spending too much money this way, huh? Did you ever look at it the other way? And so then by doing exactly by the book. They yeah. end up costing the company thousands. Right, right. So I just, I, I like this kind of like justice learns its lesson sure. kind of thing. Yeah. So, okay. That was one story. Story number two is on page 78 and it's called Whose Was the Blame? And it also involves Solomon. So I thought I'd read it. Okay. Okay. Yep. Whose Was the Blame? An otter came one day and complained before King Solomon, saying, Alas, my lord and my king, was it not thou that didst spread good tidings of peace and truth to all dwellers upon the earth in thy time? Didst thou not likewise ordain peace between one wild creature and another? Hmm. And who hath broke this peace? Said I don't know. Solomon. Who? Yeah. I went down into the water, answered the otter, to hunt for food. Wait, he was hunting for food. Hunting. And, oh, dang, you got right to it. Oh, sorry. Okay, we got a whole story here. My bad, I'm just, I'll stop. Yeah, yeah. And my whelps I had entrusted into the hand of the weasel, but it rose up against them and destroyed them. And now the blood of my innocent children crieth out to me, death to the slayer. Hmm. And the king commanded that the weasel be brought before him, and he inquired of it, Was it thou that slew the otter's children? And the weasel said, 
It was I, my lord, the king. But mm-hmm. as the king liveth, it was not with intent or evil purpose. Right. I heard the woodpecker as he thundered with his beak, giving forth the sound of the drum, proclaiming the summons to war. And so it was that as I sped to the battle, I trampled on the children, but it was not with evil purpose. Oh, man. And the king called the woodpecker and asked, Didst thou summon an alarm to, or sound an alarm to summon people to the fight with the thundering of the drum? And the woodpecker answered, I did so, my lord the king, but I did so because I saw the scorpion wetting its dagger. Oh, man. And the king called the scorpion and asked, why wast thou wetting thy dagger? (laughs) Sorry, that was hard for me to say. (laughs) That like really got my stutter action going. I apologize. Why wast thou wetting thy dagger? Yeah. And the scorpion answered, because I saw the tortoise furbishing its armor. Mm, Okay. And when the tortoise was inquired of, it said in its defense, because I saw the crab sharpening its sword. Okay. And the crab yeah. answered, because I saw the lobster swinging its javelin. Right. And the king commanded the lobster to be brought. And he reproved it, saying, why didst thou swing thy javelin? And the lobster answered and said, because I saw the otter going down into the water to devour my children. <laughs> then the king looked toward the otter and said, the weasel is not guilty. The blood of thy children is on thine own head. He that soweth death shall reap it. Mm. I mean, yeah. It's interesting. It's a great story. I like it. I like it. But again, you can't. I mean, they have to eat. So what are you supposed to do? Well, I think it's interesting that this story is right on the heels of the other where he told old man, go ahead and kill it. Right. But I mean, I'm I'm kind of on purpose missing the point here Mm -hmm. because it's an interesting like, you know. Yes, this all happened because of it's the butterfly effect, sort of. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. it all happened because of this first thing. Mm-hmm. So. But both times, somebody, I don't know, like in the first one, it was supposed to be always do a good thing. Like, take care. Right. Like, the old man was take care of God's creatures. And in this one, he's like, whatever, y'all killed yourselves. Right. I want to hear it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So I just I found those interesting, both involving King Solomon and both back to back and both involving animals that are just doing their own nature. Yeah, but I think I mean, the message is something along the lines of, you know, you could almost relate it to politics going on right now, like the, the January 6th stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. Or, or what have you. Mm-hmm. Um, these people are are waving their hands and crying foul for things that they're causing in the first place. You know? Oh, yeah, like, definitely. It's just, it's just like self self-fulfilling problematic bullshit yeah 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 so oh i listened to this fantastic piece today um i forget what it was on i'll i'll send you the link to it if you're so inclined okay um but it was about this librarian who uh was a school librarian and um she found in her um small town that there were these um parents who were attacking some of the books in in the library right, right right and they were calling them sexually problematic books mm-hmm. and yet the only ones that they had pulled out of course were the ones that were for regarding gay and trans right of course situations yeah. and you know there the the scenes that they read sure we could talk about are those appropriate for school libraries etc whatever right but the fact that 
you only pulled gay and trans ones and not any problematic ones from straight relationships who are equally right. sometimes yeah. have material that's not always comfortable. Right. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that that was interesting. And um, the librarian was like, you know, over my dead body, will these books be removed? Because, you know, a, a teenager, a 15 year old. Finds yeah. this book on the shelf called um, This Book is Gay. Right. That was the big one that, that was the problem. Okay? Sure. Yeah. This teenager, 15-year-old, finds this book called This Book is Gay on the shelf. It speaks to him. He pulls it open. He starts looking through it. Says, yeah, I need to read this. This one's for me. Mm-hmm. Walks all the way across the library with it in front of all his peers who might see it, might not, whatever. Right. Puts it down before this old bag at the counter and says, I want to check this out. That's an act of such bravery that that teenager, he is going to read that book. If right. he wants to read that book, he's going to read that book. And yeah. I'm going to do everything in my power to make sure those kids can read those books that right. speak to them like that. Yeah. And I was just like so full of admiration. So, okay, this guy um, that's on the school board comes to her and says, hey, I heard a rumor that at the school board meeting tonight, there's going to be somebody attacking, blah, blah, blah. Sure. So this is during the time of um, coronavirus, whatever. So um, they're all being um, aired online. Right. And so she's watching online this meeting. Yeah. And not only are they talking about the material, but all of a sudden... The librarian's name falls from the fucking lady's lips, accusing her personally of being a pedophile and grooming. And how dare she check this book out to her child? And the librarian is like, oh, my God, like they talk about your jaw on the floor. Right. And to hear my personhood, my livelihood, my professionalism, my training, everything that I am and who I have become and all of my education attacked like that like right what right and so um they did they did this uh thing where they were like okay you know we'll look into it Mm -hmm. right and decide collectively whether they need to be pulled or not sure so at the next school board meeting it was so crap like the majority of the meetings Nobody hardly showed up, especially since they're being aired online. Right. 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 The m- next one was so crowded, they had to move it to like this giant auditorium. <laughs> and about 30% of the people were parents going, yeah, pull these books. They're trash. You know, fuck that. Right. The other 70% were students lined up down and around the fucking hallway and with all professionalism saying, this book saved my life. Or yeah. I need the choice to be able to you know, read what material I deem is going to be helpful for me. Or this is how this librarian helped me, blah, 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 blah. Like, it was astounding and amazing. That's awesome. And so, in the end, um, they did take a vote. There there was more research on should we or shouldn't we pull these books. They took the vote. Two people abstained from voting because clearly they had kids in school and felt threatened to right. make a to make a decision one way or the other. Yeah, yeah. Um, there were some that did vote no, but the majority of the people who voted voted no. Keep these fucking books on the shelf, you dum dums. Right. So all the books got to come back. Okay. Yeah. So in the end, they were like, "Yay! This library, this community, this school, and this librarian—they won." 
Right. 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 But the lady that originally made the first complaint. Yeah. She's a lawyer and she decided, oh, no, no. Oh, wow. So she is now running for the school board. Oh, my God. And so they're like, had we just let the one book go, maybe we would have won more in the long term. But now because all the books get to come back. Yeah. It's like we lit the fire that they laid. Yeah. <laughs> and so they, they're like, we won the battle, but probably lost the war. And then they were talking about how the terminology that was used and the fact that it was only the gay and trans stuff that was pulled. Right. In question, they were like, this this kind of stuff is happening across the country in small communities. Oh, it is. It is. I mean, I, I hear it all the time. There's always some story about it somewhere. Yeah. So. Yeah. Listening to this librarian, though, it was so sad because she was like, here's what's going to happen. I have like two years left before I retire. Right. And I'm tired and yeah. I'm just trying to get there. Yeah. You know, I can't, I can't do this. I cannot keep doing this fight. This is not what I signed up for. It breaks my heart. Like my profession is being just, you know, oh, it hor- is. horrendously This is a cut. new thing that's started happening, not just in school libraries, but libraries right. across America. Yeah. For, I mean, we should probably do something about this. Like, we should probably do an episode about this at some point. I think just we probably should. Just because part of our passion, like who we are, you know. Yeah. We love books. And we, we ought to start going to our know. local school board meetings. Definitely. To make sure Definitely. that the people that are there are in this community. Yeah. As should we all. We should, I mean, I think one of our, you know, things that we always talk about that we don't do enough of is being involved in local politics mm-hmm. because... That's where you can actually make a difference. And, and can, it's obvious and, that the Republicans, right wing and Christian coalition have got that message. Right. Right. And we haven't. Yeah. They've got no problem doing it. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so um, that was um, the last story that I wanted to read. Okay. And um, yeah. So that was our book club for today. That was our book club for today. Next time we'll be getting into... Um, I think it's something about riddles. Let me see. Yeah, riddle solvers. Mm. So I'm pretty excited about that yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. That sounds yeah. interesting. Yeah. All right. Well, we're sorry this came out late, but it is, after all, New Year. So happy New Year, everyone. Happy 2023. May it treat you well. And Definitely. if you had a lousy 2022, I hope this one's better for you. And we'll see you guys in a couple of weeks for the next book club. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'll be going over what she just said. So, yeah. all right. We'll see you guys then. Bye. Bye. Hey, wife, I guess that's the end. But husband, that's just sad. It doesn't have to be. We are on lots of social media platforms like Twitter. Our handle there is sacrilegious underscore D. For D's nuts. Oh my God. Stop doing that. Anyway, we're also on Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest. There's a link to all of our social media sites at our website. Ooh, we have a website? Yeah, it's sacrilegiousdiscourse.com, where you can also find a link to our merch shop. We have a merch shop? Yep. We have podcast-themed clothing, mugs, notebooks, and more, as well as an atheist and science-themed products. Wow, our fans should really go check that out right now. Definitely. They can get in touch with us by sending an email to sacrilegiousdiscourse at gmail.com. But before they do that, we could really use some help. Oh, yeah? With what? Well, it's not free running the podcast, and we need some financial support in order to get better equipment, which will free up time so we can concentrate on our podcast and our fans. Okay, so what should they do? Head over to patreon.com forward slash sacrilegious discourse and sign up as a contributor on our podcast. Supporters there receive additional bi-weekly episodes that we record just for our Patreon members for as little as $2 a month. 
Also, we'd really appreciate it if you would like and subscribe on whatever platform you're using. And Apple Podcast Reviews help us out tremendously. Like and subscribe. Leave an Apple review. Join us on Twitter. Support us on Patreon. That's a lot of instructions. Don't forget to say thanks. Thanks. Okay, bye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.